Hello and welcome to Tracks Brighton's premier music podcast. I'm Tim. And I'm Harry. And this is episode number 38, which marks the beginning of our December season of episodes. I'm going to call it that. Yeah. Do that. They are going to be the Tracks Awards 2016. Boom. Uh, regular listeners might remember that after The Great Escape of this year, we delivered some Tracks Awards to our favourite acts, favourite venues, favourite drinks, favourite people. I can't remember what all the categories were. Favorite but basically, movie. we handed out some awards. And we're going to do it again for 2016. So, we've got three episodes after this one coming up in December. Number one is going to be uh, Album of the Year. Yeah. Am I right? We have Singles of the Year, then Album of the Year. Yeah. And then our Musical Hero of the Year. Yes. So they're all coming up, but this week we're going to like round up some of the kind of miscellaneous things that we want to shout out. Um, so a few smaller awards to get the ball rolling. And I'm bloody excited to do so. So let's do it. I'm buzzing. Woo. That was my excited voice. <laughs> sarcastic woo ever. <laughs> woo. Uh, so we'll see you on the award side. Award side. Award side. The A side. A-side, yes. Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Right, let's get into it. Best live performance is category number one. Do you feel like 2016 has been a big year for you in terms of live performances? Do you think you've seen some things that you've loved? Um... I'm not too positive that I feel like I've seen a lot because when it comes to the end of a year, there's a lot of things I've seen that I just cannot remember or haven't remembered. And also we went to two festivals this year. And you you kind of see quite a lot, don't you? Yeah. Sometimes I've had years I've seen a lot of music, not been to any festivals, and I've seen like 10, 12 people. But you kind of see that over a whole festival, more than that. And then yeah. it's like, what else am I meant to do? Well, what else am I meant to see this year? <laughs> Loads of gigs, Harry. That's your job, literally. Um, Got to pay for them. <laughs> I know what you mean, in that, like, when I was first looking at this category and what I was going to nominate for it, uh, I lost all kind of perspective of what was and wasn't this year. Um, lots of things I saw at the very end of last year that I thought were this year, a few things that I saw this year that I was sure longer ago. Yeah, February yeah. and January feel so long ago to me. Yeah. That I can't believe they were 2016. Well, it, most of my original picks for this category were actually in September to November last year. Yeah. So I've had to get rid of them. Yeah, because they don't count. <laughs> they do not count <laughs> for the track for 2016. No. Um, so this has actually probably been the hardest one of these... Of the categories we're going through today. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I wouldn't say that, but... No. Well, you've seen more. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. That may be the case. So, uh, go on then. You start off. Okay. Start the bowl. The bowl. Stadge <laughs> bowl. So, my first one is Parrots. 
From The Great Escape. From The Great Escape. Uh, we saw them twice at The Great we Escape. We saw them twice, yeah. So one was in that little like street thing that I don't know what it's called. The little street garden, something about a boat. I can't remember what it was. It's the boatyard? The boatyard, that was it. Yeah. Yes. I wouldn't have known that without your cue, though. <laughs> I know. Um, or there is, obviously, Horatio's. Horatio's, yeah. On the end of Brighton Pier, which is a kind of perfect venue for The Great Escape. It's really good. Uh, independent music festival for people who are not uh, au fait with all things Brighton. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I'm not scared of water or piers, but I don't feel 100% comfortable uh, in a in a venue on, on a large pier on the sea. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I never felt I mean, like I that. felt okay there. I suppose if it got really, like, moshy and yeah. everyone was... I wouldn't want to... Luckily, see, it wasn't over like So, for example, I wouldn't want to see madness there because everyone, like, pogos a bit. And, like, yeah. I would think, oh, we're going to go down. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not massively keen on that. But we did see a great set there in Paris. And they were great both places. Although the second, the boat yard, sorry, we didn't see too much of them. Although, if I were to see them in either venue, it would be there because I just I liked I liked it there. Yeah, a lot of the time the, the the venue can kind of make a gig. Yeah, and also like thinking back to that show in the boatyard now in cold December, and it, this is like an open air yeah. thing, and we were just like out there in like t shirts and thin jackets and it was warm sort of summery evening we had a beer and it was just like oh god what I would give for Brighton to be like that now yeah it feels like yesterday we were going to have meetings on the beach around that kind of period and having some beers and being a little bit too hot almost yeah Yeah, remember being too hot (laughs) yeah and now I was just walking outside to think I went out in the shirt just completely forgetting that it was cold. I was like, hang on a minute, I need a big woolly coat. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's different now. You know, weather and all that. Seasons. Seasons. <laughs> so the tracks award for the best season of the year goes to... <laughs> Winter gets coldest of the year. Um, so the second, I have Mac DeMarco at Glastonbury. Unbelievable. He's done it just to spite me, listeners. Mac, He's looking at me in Mac the DeMarco, eyes. Mac DeMarco, the time you didn't see me. The time you didn't see him, sorry. Okay. So, the one where I was millimetres away. Yeah. I mean, fair for you to nominate that. Yeah. I get it. Because I don't think I've really... I don't remember a gig that I've ever felt that intimate. With, <laughs> <laughs> with the artist. Oh, Harry. Um, it was kind of... Well, it's funny enough, it's amazing that it's my number two. Because I'd always have it at, at number two compared to my f- number one um, especially this year but it's amazing how good it was and how kind of I feel like that kind of experience at a gig won't happen again um, and it still managed to get knocked off of top spot okay on my number one pick which is also at Glastonbury mm-hmm. and it's James Blake okay now People who have listened to our Great Escape roundups, sorry, our Glastonbury roundups, basically this is this is just that again. Yeah, um, but people might not have tuned in, so come on, tell the story. It's the end of the year. We get to recap. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That I, I'll tell you what I um, originally thought going into it. and I think you were pretty much the same. We were 
more interested in going because we wanted to see how he would hold up at that kind of open air festival big big kind of arena yep and we were thinking because I know his music very well I absolutely love James Blake and I knew he would be good I never thought he's gonna be shit but I just wanted to see what he was gonna do and it almost just surprised me in every single way even though it's almost what you would expect but there were moments when I felt like um I was just being like quite literally blown away yeah like there were moments with his I mean his sound system with with these big like crescendos and these big parts that you just you feel you feel it kind of wash over you and like just hit you like a train and there'll be moments where you just kind of you're in almost you're, you're in awe and um and then he has guys like uh, Vince Staples come up and this uh, this other grime artist who I can't remember. Um, but he's kind of big in the UK grime scene. Um, he's a bit of an up-and-comer. And then Justin Vernon kind of pops on for a song, which I was almost... I said um, he the year before when I saw Kanye, Justin Vernon was there as well. So I thought, he never seems to be doing anything at this time. So maybe he'll turn up. But I wasn't really that confident about it. And then I just see him come on and it's like, I'm like almost shitting myself in just excitement. And just... I seem to remember us three speculating beforehand saying, if he's here, how good would that be? But he won't be. Like, Like, I'll go mad if he is here. Yeah. And we, like we met, People also wouldn't know we met your cousin there who was yeah, standing... Totally, totally by chance. So yeah. in the whole of Glastonbury about... I mean, how many people go there? Like four million, I think, people it's, go to Glastonbury. I think it's like 100... Not 180,000. It's loads anyway. It's, it's something big like that, yeah. It's loads of people there. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking News nice. to everyone. Um, and yeah, we were just stood there and then we'd been stood in the same spot for about 10 minutes and suddenly like I clocked to that. Uh, one of my cousin was stood directly in front of us. It was really cool. Mm. Um, but it almost like that little moment, even though I'd never met your cousin, obviously, um, it felt like this big like reunion. And like, and then we were all there for this thing that we all equally wanted to see, and we were all just as excited, all kind of building off each other's um, excitement. Yeah, like when Justin Vernon came on everyone was just like jumping on each other and like it was beautiful and you could say you know drinks and things made it better but I just think uh, ultimately it was the occasion and the music itself that I was just completely taken aback by I think it was the whole thing and like it was kind of it was early enough in the weekend of Glastonbury to not be feeling a little bit kind of fatigued Mm. I had kind of, it was a day I... It's a Friday night. Yeah, and it was a day I had managed my uh, intake well enough to be really, like, peak me for, like, the headline. Sometimes you can either be, like, hammered at that point or tired. bothered, yeah. Like, those things can also be, like, risks that you have to try and escape, but I was just kind of... Perfect level because the weather was alright, wasn't it? No rain it during rain. the Saturday, I think. No, I mean it was a bit boggy, obviously. It was boggy, it was boggy <laughs> everywhere, everywhere all weekend. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was kind of just a perfect 
moment for it. Yeah. Um, like you, you didn't want it to end, and then when it did, we were still kind of riding off it for the for yeah. the rest of the evening. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. Like, yeah, amazing. Some might say the rest of the whole festival. I don't know. It was it was just phenomenal, and I'm really sad I didn't get to see him again this year. But I, I didn't have the money with it. Oh, 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 tickets always come out when you've got no money. Yeah. Who sorts that out? Who does that? I think it's more just a case of like no. if you never have any money, then tickets no, come out occasionally. Sometimes they they try to do it, so they do it when no one's been paid yet. So then no one goes to the gigs. Why on earth would they do that? <laughs> it's just something they do. It's, it's definitely something they do. Okay. So James... I, I'd heard it before from someone really high up in the world. Of course you had. Barack yeah. Obama. Yeah. <laughs> told you. Barack Obama told me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my number one. Okay. And will be for a while. So until... that's your nomination? Yeah. Okay. Well, before I uh, let you, you and the listeners know whether I'm going to agree with you and whether this is going to be a unanimous choice for... Uh, live performance of the year. I'm going to run through uh, some things that I've got on my shortlist okay. and that I've loved. So, please do. First of all, I also had parrots on my list. Beautiful. Because I thought that set was just so great in Horatio's. Just so much energy, so much fun. Such like it's an interesting venue in that it it can feel quite uh, dull and characterless. Yeah. When the wrong like a shit pub, when the wrong actor on stage, and like they made it feel like the best venue you've ever been in because they just kind of transformed it into there. And even like it's quite a large stage to fill as well. Yeah, and it's a stage that sometimes people look like they're just kind of shuffling around on, and like they were kind of stamping on it and like almost like adding another layer of percussion to their music by stamping and jumping around so much. And they looked great, and they were just so fun and interesting and yeah. exciting and they looked like they were having a fucking blast and it was at like three o'clock in the afternoon i swear on a thursday yeah because it we we got there really early didn't we at 12 o'clock and it had been pushed back which like i mean you know to compare it to james blake like as much as james blake was amazing the scene was set you're at glastonbury it's dusk it's not raining for the first time this weekend you know huge stage huge crowd you know, it's made for a magical moment to occur. Yeah. Three o'clock on a Thursday afternoon in a crap pub that's not even full. That is not made to be a great gig. But they absolutely smashed it. Mm. And we all walked away just loving it. And a free cassette and I had. Yeah, they handed out cassettes of their... <laughs> but I still haven't been able to play because I've got a cassette player. But um, a cassette player. <laughs> um, and, and he came into the, into the crowd. That was really cool. Yeah. Moment. So I think... In terms of being able to smash that, you know, had James Blake come out and played that slot at that time to those people, I don't think he would have done as good a job of making it that fun as they did. That fun, no. Yeah. But he would have had people quivering. It would have been different. It would have been different. I'm just saying they did a fantastic job. They um, did indeed. That's why we went to see them in Second Zone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Other nominations, I saw um, Honey Blood who are a relatively new band at Patterns in Brighton, um, which was really, really great. A female, all-female band. Um, just kind of really catchy. And one of those things where, uh, I suppose a little bit like Parrots in a way, that you don't, you don't necessarily know all their songs when you kind of go into the set. 
but come away feeling like you know you knew all the songs and because you just enjoyed yeah. them and they just made you dance regardless uh, I saw Savages in Kingston um, amazing just like powerful and um, kind of important and vibrant and like quite different to a lot of the other things that I generally enjoy because I you know fun is like <laughs> kind of the word I you, you know I always say for gigs because you want it to be fun you want to smile the whole way through mm. but there was quite a, like a intensity to savages which was also really kind of exhilarating but in a very different way to parents where you were just kind of grinning from ear to ear yeah um I don't think I grinned much in that set but I certainly <laughs> loved it um Heinz at Coco I'm going to give a shout out to um Coco in London partly I think because it was the day before my birthday um so I was just excited and happy to be there and Heinz are always brilliant life mm. um it's also the day and that wasn't the day before a tracks recording I remember being really close to that yeah I didn't, we didn't record on my birthday no that's what I was thinking <laughs> um it was the day before yeah but they're you know they're obviously um People who are fans of Heinz probably know about Parrots because they've put out a joint A-side single. Um, they've done a few things together, both from Madrid. They're kind of fun Spanish garage music and they both put on an amazing show. Um, and my final shout, which I'm going to say it early, in reminding me about James Blake and um, you know, taking me back to that moment, I'm going to concur that that was live performance of the year and that should receive the Tracks Award. But before we give it to old James, just wait down there a minute before you come up, James. God, you scared the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> what, do you think he's actually here? I don't know think he was going to. I thought someone was there. <laughs> no. Um, I'm such a good actor, right? <laughs> I absolutely had you there. I thought you were telling me to go down there first. <laughs> Harry, go downstairs. <laughs> I'm talking. Um, but, like, this was my first Glastonbury this year, so all of it felt magical. And, like, everyone I saw there I kind of loved, uh, apart from Matt DeMarco. Um, Move on. But, and I really felt everyone up to their game. But one of the people I did see there that I do want to mention is Ezra Furman, because I've been a huge fan of him for a long time, and it was the first time I'd ever seen him live. And uh, he literally made me dance, made me cry, made me laugh. You looked away from me when you cried. Yeah, I did not say that. I was not having that moment. <laughs> Being broadcast on Tracks Vision. Um, but yeah, that was just an amazing performance on what became my favourite part of the site as well. I love the park stage. Yeah. You know, I think it's just brilliant up there. I can't wait to get back. It's like an enclosure within a big enclosure, isn't it? Yeah, so. exactly. So that was really magical. But, James Blake, that was my live performance moment of the year, easily. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously you hope that when we're back there next year, uh, it's going to get topped. But I do feel like that for many years to come could go down as my uh, Glastonbury moment. Well, I can guarantee you, if it's sunny and nice, pretty much all of it is going to top quite a lot of it for you. You'll be amazed. Yeah, how, but I mean the how... performance, the James Blake performance. I know, I know, yeah. I know. But it's, it, you'll be amazed what weather can do oh, to yeah. your uh, moods and stuff. Yeah, I was going to sure. say, the, the park, you said you can't, can't wait to get back there. I just wish you could see it when it was, like you can actually walk up that hill and not yeah. slide down it on your face. Yeah. So, yeah, fingers crossed for that yeah. time of month. 
Okay, so, Tracks Awards, number one, uh, best live performance of 2016, goes to James Blake at Glastonbury. Round of applause. Congrats, James. And to celebrate James's big award, uh, we're going to play a song. Yeah. And I think we can both probably agree again, we agree for a second time, bloody hell, <laughs> that... Uh, Just say yes, man. Yeah. That this was the highlight of the set. It was. I need a forest fire. Yes, James Blake with Justin Vernon. to our second category of the episode we're going to look at or in this case talk about our favourite uh, album artwork of the year yeah which is uh, a medium that doesn't uh, come across particularly well on the podcast I'm which not quite sure like, why we picked it I feel like we do that quite a lot yeah we often have to apologise for not having yeah d- playing rock paper scissors and <laughs> This is purely audible. Why do we keep <laughs> favourite scene in a film? But get your smartphones out, people, and get ready to Google yeah. because there's a load of album covers coming it's up. It's so likely that you've seen these before as yeah. well. Well, from my point of view. Yeah, I think most of mine you probably will have too. Uh, so I'm going to just do a quick run through of my top four. Oh, typical top four. Interesting. Number. Should I do them in order? Do they have an order? This is interesting for me. Uh, okay, I'm going to give them an order, which I may regret later. At number four is the new Santigold record. I know the one. Uh, it's called 99 Cents. It's really, really good. Um, and do you know the album cover? She's in like a... She's covered in like a plastic film. Yeah, she's basically... Like, she looks like a sort of doll. So I'm like a pink background and she's in like a vacuum sealed plastic bag. And I don't even know how they did it without her literally like suffocating and dying. Like that was probably a bit of a risk if you're going to seal someone in plastic. Maybe it was loosely, loosely based. Yeah, although it doesn't look that loose in the picture. But anyway, um, so she's in there with like uh, a keyboard and like some bright stuff, like a pair of gold crocs, like some trainers, like an old tape player. A big eye. Some real stuff. Yeah, some absolute stuff in there. And it says 99 cents slapped on the bag like she's a toy from a pound <laughs> shop. Uh, and it's just, it's really cool. Um, I remember being in um, Resident Records earlier in the year and just flicking through and coming to that sleeve and just thinking, wow, that looks awesome. What is it? Because I'd never seen it, never heard it, and I went home and listened to it. So it did its job. Uh, so that's number four. Okay, Number three is one of kind of the most, I guess, iconic now albums of the year, which is Black Star, David Bowie. Um, Good, yeah. Really, really simple design. It's just 
like you get, there's one big star at the top and then there's kind of uh, segments of stars at the bottom five of them um, and I think we spoke about it before there was that really cool thing where the it had like basically a, the vinyl version had like a black sleeve with yeah. a white insert uh, and there was like a cut out bit in the front for the star and then if you took the white insert out and left the black bit outside all the inside sort of went gold speckled like there were stars in there um, it was really cool and there was another one recently wasn't there if you left the no if you use like a black light is it on the cover then it showed like a milky way or something on oh, really? the front yeah there was another he's leaving things the layers yeah the layers of that album cover was great um, and it just looked really cool I remember the first time I saw it it, it reminded me a bit of um, when the XX put out their first album and again it was just like a black sleeve with a white insert yeah and just that kind of minimalism yeah does it for me I mean the XX are fully going minim- minimalism the whole time now that's yeah. every album they release is just going to be an X yeah in some shape or form yeah and why wouldn't it be they're yeah. good at it they've got a lovely little have you game. seen the new one uh, no it's just like fully them it's just like a big silver thing with a silver X and it's you can see like them looking down at you really like through this oh you can see them X. they're actually on this one because they're kind one... of but it's you can't really see them there's more like a shadow or like a silhouette of okay because the second one was like white with like a multicolored bit in the middle wasn't it yeah um, which is also pretty cool yeah I have a special edition yeah. special edition vinyl of that it's really cool hmm. Special decision. Yeah. So I like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. In second place is Kate Tempest, Let Them Eat Chaos, which I don't know if you've seen. This. It's just the, the blowing up world kind of thing. Sort of, yeah. Um, it's basically like a big industrial disaster uh, kind of merged into the earth. So you've got like the bottom half, which is like a natural looking earth with all like cloud cover and like swirls and then you've got like at the top like a big smoke cloud and like chimneys and like they look like mines and all this kind of stuff very much uh, an accurate representation of the kind of stuff that Kate is talking about in this album um, this album I really love and I think is really kind of uh, politically poignant and that imagery I think just kind of complements it brilliantly it's all mm. in black and white it looks really again quite like sl- sleek and minimal but also powerful at the same time um, so that's number two but my number one is what is undoubtedly going to be a multiple nominated album for Tracks Awards this year uh, it's Bon Iver, 22 A Million I that- just want to say that is one of, it's one of mine as well okay that is I think the most interesting uh, unique intriguing album covers I've seen in years not just this year um, partly because when I first you know all we started seeing like murals being painted in London and New York yeah with like some of the imagery there was a lot going for it wasn't there and then... yeah and like and then like the lyric videos that started being put out for each song as they came out like you got again a lot of this imagery and all that and it like it just built into this huge story and um, there's on if you go on blogs.walkerart.org, there's a uh, an interview with Eric Timothy Carlson, who is the designer who made all of this for the album, which um, I did tweet a, pre- a link on the tracks 
account to this interview previously. Um, and I might do it again for the release of this episode because it's huge, this interview. Like, it's really, really in-depth into the kind of the process of what was behind it and how he made all these symbols to represent all the different songs. And, like, um, he talks about going... Like, he talks about Justin Vernon seeing... Uh, the artwork and everything as very much part of the project while he was building it so like he went to spend like weeks at this house that they were recording in like to be part of it and he would be like sketching and illustrating like you know working with the musicians and with Justin Vernon and with everyone who was kind of around it was this real kind of collaborative multi the best part of that is that if it was if it was April base which is where they record yeah which is like this little hut yeah, just in Canada, and it's just up in this. Like, yeah, I think that is it. And it's just such a magical place to be that yeah. just it would seem like a very creative place to be. Yeah, and I think the fact that it, very freeing. You know, we saw, uh, for example, this year, like the visual album becoming a big thing. Yeah, and I think what's really cool is that like it seems very clear that through the whole creation of Twenty Two A Million, like all these different mediums were totally. Uh, part of the process um and in some ways it was like a visual album and like mm. i think there's a kind of i like the fact that there's like a code there that you kind of have to break down to understand the album better i like the fact that it's um taking in all these different influences and i just at the end of the day an album cover an album sleeve just needs to look cool yeah. and interesting it, and it isn't, is interesting because i think it's one of these ones that you look at and you can interpret it in lots of lots of different ways. Yeah. Like you look at it and you want to make um, like similarities between the symbols you see in the song itself. And yeah. sometimes you, you know you might be right. You'll never actually know because you can't get in the artist's mind apart from what he might tell you. Yeah. But um, and also I think it's a it's a really great reflection of um, Justin Vernon as an artist in his own right in that. Um, you know, we've talked about various musicians sort of bringing in different singers to work on their albums and sort of complimented them for being quite open to new unknown artists coming into the studio, you know, think of Chance coming in and working on The Life of Pablo, that kind of thing. Uh, Justin Vernon just loved this guy, um, Eric Timothy Carlson. He loved his work, had seen it around and just sort of invited him into the fold. He's not like a huge name in the design world. He's not kind of world-renowned. He's just kind of someone that spoke to his yeah exactly it's sort of his vision and someone he was just intrigued by and I think that's a really cool uh, another amazing aspect to what is an amazing album that undoubtedly over the tracks awards is gonna get keep on getting brought up you know yeah he was part of the best live performance and he's my nomination for but it's not I mean it's not Justin Lennon's work it's uh, Eric Timothy Carlson's work but his so is stuff, this your number one that's number nomination. One. That is my nomination. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, to complement that nomination, we're going to quickly play a little bit of a song from that album. The math ahead The math behind it It's smooth water The math ahead The math behind mm-hmm. 
So, Harry, your nominations. Okay. Well, let's uh, leave Bon Iver out of uh, my one for, for a little bit. Yep. The first one we have here is from the Lil Tracy EP. Now, this one's interesting because I haven't heard this. Okay. So, I'm really going just for visual stimuli. And the reason why I've picked it is because um, just seeing it is enough to now make me want to go and listen to the music. And I find that interesting because often, let's take uh, Bon Iver. When you look at that album cover, do you think you can tell without knowing who he is what kind of music it's going to be? Or, or by looking at album covers in general, I think they're getting a little bit more... Um, varied in the the way they look like I a hip hop so. album yeah what sometimes doesn't like think of um Skepta's album yeah doesn't look to me like a grime yeah well just think of whatever like, that does look like i don't know but i mean again second mention but like just think of each of Kanye West's album covers yeah they're so completely different every single one mm. that you can't say one they all look like hip hop albums they just don't no um yeah there are some there's some albums that came out this year that did I remember seeing the Savoy Motel cover for the first time. It's like, okay, I know what Savoy Motel are all about. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no question here what I'm going to be listening to. Well, I, I often like bands um, who don't have them in their covers. Yeah. I feel like it's it's way more often that they, they aren't in them. But um, I make a bit more sense of this one. It's right at the bottom, you've got a little boy... I'll show you in a second. You've got a little boy and he's a baby and he's kind of looking in the air and he's just got this like explosion of comic kind of um, illustrations above him. And I'll show you now. And it's um, it's very colourful. And you'll see that the boy at the bottom is black and white. Yeah. And um, I don't know what it is. It just really interests me there's stuff in there's emojis and the whatsapp sign pizza music uh there's an asap i'm assuming that might be an asap rocky thing there's an like an awards thing mobos it's like kind of a a little baby looking into its future or something i don't really know but i quite enjoy it it reminds me of um hey arnold or something (laughs) i wouldn't i wasn't gonna say that i was gonna say i think it's really cool uh that's the first time i've ever seen it um, yeah, and I don't know who he is. I don't know who Lil Tracy is at all. Okay, so this is really just uh, on the way it looks. So you can't win because we wouldn't know where to post the award to. Yeah, and Lil Tracy isn't downstairs. No, because <laughs> we couldn't get his email. Don't know who he is. Uh, second up, I have the Growlers with City Club. Um, I'll give you a short explanation if if you haven't seen it. It's just a group of people kind of all getting, doing their own thing outside a kind of dingy LA club. And I just love the, I just love it. I can't actually tell. I think it's, it must be a painting. You've seen it. Yeah, it reminds me of um, Ellis Lowry is what it looks like. And they're all in, I don't know if it is a painting. I'm not sure it is. But it's very lifelike, but I think... But they're Maybe all in kind of slightly like odd, not quite human poses. Um, 
and they're all like um it reminds me of kind of a model village or something. Where yeah, they're, that's they're exactly all, what I mean. There's a kind of they're all doing such separate things, and there's like a, a group of people or two people on the side kissing. There's a guy in like a white um, '80s suit, just kind of looking at them and walking away. And then there's a couple in leather, and then there's this white car with a guy sitting on the bonnet, and just just lots of things going on. And it's one of those image. You get different kind of things with images, aren't you? Because you get you get the type that you like Bonivers that you try to interpret many different ways, and then you get things like this, where there are scenes just basically shown to you, yeah. And you can look at it and wonder what's going on there, really. But it's just quite captivating. It's yeah. just I've always like I've always fancied that, like sitting in my record collection. Yeah, I mean. I, I agree. I think it's really cool. It's very Wes Anderson to me. Yeah. You've got... And I also quite like... I'm, I mean, I'm looking at it now and uh, spotting who's a band member and who's not because the guy yeah. sat on the bonnet of the car is the lead singer, for sure. I think the guy in the leopard print coat is the guitar player. What about the guy in the doorway? I'm not sure about the doorway, but the guy in the suspenders leaning by the wall is definitely in the band. Okay. So, like, there's a bit of a, like, where's Wally... Yeah, well, that's another thing I liked about it was uh, wondering if um, any of them were bad members or anything because it's not too easy to see. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's another one. The next one I have, uh, this is my kind of last two top pick. Like you in the first round, I think we're going to give Bonivere this one. Okay. The next one I have is Chance the Rapper with Colouring Book. And this one is a really simple one. And some people might really like it. Some people just aren't bothered about it. I mean, I'm guessing you're just thinking this is very simple. Just I'm not. I mean, I you know I like the palette of it. I yeah. I think true. the 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 fact that the three hat is in there is you know kind of that's one of his most recognisable. Uh, well, attribute, not attributes. How can a hat be a attribute? You know what I mean? <laughs> signifying thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is why I really like it. Okay, so in his first, um, his first kind of demo, uh, ten day, he's looking up into the sky, right? Mm-hmm. Second, we get um, acid rap, and he's looking straight at the camera. Yep. This one, he's looking down, and I've always looked into those and thought, oh, is he meant to do that on purpose? He's ascending. And I've seen this um, this little interview thing that he did at like a university, and this is what he said. Um, he wasn't thinking about the way he was looking, but in this photograph, he's looking downwards, and he's smiling. He, he was going to look at the camera and smile, but he realised as they were taking it, he can't put on a nice smile. So he's actually holding his newborn child in this picture and he's looking down at the child and it's the only time they could get him smiling and looking proper and not looking weird. So every time I see... He's a handsome guy though. He could look at a camera and smile. I'm not having I just don't think... No, but I don't... Because some people find it difficult to smile. I can't smile into a... I suddenly just forget what a smile is. And I'm... (laughs) And I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, he said he didn't feel comfortable with it or whatever. And... Before that, I just saw him looking down. I don't think I really thought about it, really. But like you say, I like the palette. And I just like that he has this gleaming blue baby in his arms. Yeah, yeah why is his baby nuclear? 
<laughs> I don't know. But I, I just, uh, I see that, and you just see a, a young father who's, who is very young, hmm. who has a child. There's a lot to mention of it in the album, and um, he's just a proud dad who's doing really well for himself. Yeah, he's a very talented man, and I appreciate him. Yeah, cool. So yeah, that's up there as well, just for the meaning behind it. Sure, I think uh, with that extra bit of insight, I like it more. For sure. Yeah, I thought you might. I think anybody, any, anybody would. Yeah. But we're agreed again. This is getting unnerving that we're yeah. just so happy to agree. I thought so we were going to fight. Yeah, it's still time. Um, he's, he's, he potentially going for a clean sweep at this stage. It's two for two. It's Justin Vernon's involved again. It's Bonnevere. It's 22 a million. And it's the design by Eric Timothy Carlson for 22 a million across all mediums but particularly the album cover yeah we happy we're happy nice nice but at the risk of boring you guys by just playing (laughs) Justin Vernon songs over and over and over and over again uh, we're going to play our runner up which I think we agreed is Kate Tempest right yeah Kate Tempest comes second place, and we're going to play... Uh, what are we going to play? I'm going to say we're going to play Ketamine for Breakfast. Oh, beautiful. Because that was Harry on Saturday. <laughs> Before I was an adult, I was a little wreck. Peddling whatever I could get my grubby mitts on. Ketamine for breakfast, bad girls for drinking with. I gave them puppy dog eyes for the acid on their fingertips. Heads in the basement, lips without faces, getting facedy. Half-baked in the bakery, eating pastries. Desperate for a body who could save me. But I never really wanted what they gave me. Always wanted something else, sweating in the dull queue. Spitting like a villain in the pantomime. Old shoes, bad teeth, drinking in the rain with my ghost. Sitting in the back of the class, comatose. Uh, villains on my back in the dark, hold me close. Right, so next up is Best Newcomer of the Year, which uh, we should specify doesn't necessarily mean no one had heard them for them in 2015 that's not the criteria it's people who drop their first album or you know fairly long EP yeah in 2016 um, but you know people the majority of people will have had something out in 2015 that's fine they can still get in okay so Harry your nominations go okay so I have three nominations and one that I just I'm going to mention now don't know much about them but I feel like you would but Spring King seem to, I seem to be hearing the name a lot this year and I feel like I'm going to be a fan of them soon but I just haven't <laughs> had the time to like be a fan of them yet can you weigh in at all on whether they're good Spring King are really really good they're kind yeah. of um, high energy yeah, indie but like they kind of surfer, yeah. That, yeah. Like um, they're one of those bands that they've really picked the right name because I think it gives you a yeah. lot of the cues for what you're going to hear. They're from Manchester. Um, they're really great live. Their debut album came out this year and was brilliant. Um, and they seem to be touring constantly. Yeah. They certainly. I've. I'm going to say I've been in Brighton at least three times this year. We missed them at Great Escape. Yeah, I believe I saw them in London right at the beginning of the year and they were really great um, get out and see them they really are 
a properly up and coming band. I think I can see. I kind of expected them to get even more traction from their first album than they have. You know, I we've we've discussed the band I'm about to mention before on the podcast, and I don't really want to go into it again because it's nice to be nice. But Blossoms have really kind of stolen gonna... 2016 as being like the kind of runaway success of the year. And in my humble opinion, Sprinking are way more interesting, got way better songs, way better live. And I, if you'd asked me in January, which of these two bands do you think are really going to take off, I would have said Sprinking. And I still think that would have been the right outcome for 2016. Right. Um, interestingly enough, Blossoms I had on the list... I wasn't going to talk about them because I don't really like them. Uh, but they, they've they been making a bit of a name. I was trying to be nice. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be nice. Um, second, we have a guy that we've talked about quite a bit. He's a bit of a tracks hero of ours. Uh, Loyal Karna. He was in episode one. Yeah, I was going to... We gonna... talked about him, episode one. I was going to say, in a funny way, we... We owe it to him. Well, he feels an important guy in the history of tracks because we sat down to do that first episode. Um, you know, we thought, right, we're going to start this thing where we share music each week. And that was probably the first thing that one of us brought that the other one really loved. Yeah. I'd never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. And he was my first borrowed selection. And he was... He still is great. He continues to be so great. He's technically now my next bird yeah. selection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But from day one, he's a day one for us. Yeah. And um, yeah, big... and he's he's got an album coming out in February next year. No, yeah. no, well, it might be January actually. Yeah, but I'm excited for that. So we had the EP a little late, which we put out for free download earlier in the year, um, which has six songs and is really great. But then there's been a few more singles as well, haven't there? Yeah, uh, no CDs and things like that. Yeah. So um so yesterday's gone which will be his debut album is out next year. I think it's January or February. Um it's a 13 song album. He's uh the I've just seen the track list. And at the very end has his mum and dad in it. Son of Gene featuring mum and dad. Nice. His dad's dead though, right? Right. Sorry. Of course I'm fucking sad. I miss my fucking dad. Yeah. One of his well, this is the EP. problem like a lot of uh, the songs I know mention his dad uh, this has the album's got Ain't Nothing Changed in it I mean that's the first one you played that's been out yeah. for a while now isn't it then yeah although it wasn't on the EP really so um, so it's actually got quite a few singles out these so it's essentially you can listen to quite a lot of the album already uh, Ain't Nothing Changed uh, Florence Stars and Shards uh, No CD I think those are the ones that are on there yeah um if you've heard tracks, you've heard quite a bit of him, though. Yeah. But um, he, yeah, he's up there with one of the best of this year, and I'm just excited to see what he brings. I think, I think he's probably for me like the most exciting British hip hop artist around right now. Yeah. I don't think that's an over exaggeration to say that. No. And you know, he's also just great in the community as well. All this stuff I keep hearing about him doing for ADHD and. Yeah. This cook, this cooking yeah, stuff. Yeah, like cooks cookery school or something. Yeah, cool guy, really cool. I mean, just thinking about it now, he could well make it into the hero of the year list as well. well. He is a tracks hero of us. <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, so yeah, loyal's up there, uh, and then another guy I've got is Miramasa, who um, 
during the Glastonbury episode, we, we talked about going to see him. Before that, I'd never really heard of him. Uh, he's a Brighton boy. I think he's only 19 years old. At he least... goes... No, sorry. Well, he goes to the university down here. Which is bizarre that he's, like, still at uni here. Yeah, and the reason why I've gone for this guy is because within the space of about five months, he's just blowing up. Like, he's becoming one of the kind of sought-after producers to work with. And uh, he's recently brought out uh, Lovesick with ASAP Rocky. That's who it is. I was just trying to look. I saw a Muramasa song the other day. Yeah. And I saw the feature. I was like, oh my God. Like, that's big. Yeah. How's that happened? But not only is that big, but the song is massive. Like, yeah. that. This that's potentially one of the best songs... I, I don't think I can say this year. Just... For a long time. Yeah. That is a really, really good song and it's being played everywhere and it's yeah. loved by all. And he's just like really, he's he's just this kid who's just kind of, as his um, talents are being noticed, he's just going leaps and bounds. And he's just kind of a really exciting name. And this is somebody who I just wasn't really, I didn't know much about at all, wasn't really interested. And then now I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna give this guy my time. Yeah, uh, and then my last and my number one pick is the Big Moon. Your nomination for newcomer of the year is the Big Moon. Yes. Okay. I've seen them. I think thrice now. Thrice. I've not heard of them, so they're in this category nicely. I think they're new this year. They, I mean, I their like debut they album still isn't out. No, 2017 as well. Another. It's he's basically they're up there with oil, in that their new album kind of their debut album. Sorry, comes out in the beginning of next year, and um, it's just sad that we're gonna have to wait a whole year until they're in the album of the year. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but they've put out quite a lot this year. That because yeah, I think they first. No, I'm sorry, I'm cutting in on your choice because this is one that has no, we've, we've both uh, loved and really enjoyed this year. They first came to our attention, I think, when we played The Road on the on our first part of 2016 roundup. Yeah. Did you I, know them much before that? That was the first song I ever heard of theirs. Oh, really? Um, and I just fell in oh, love I with it immediately. I just, and I still think it's... I mean, it's certainly going to be one of my nominations for Song of the Year. It's just brilliant. Um yeah, it's one back. of those ones that you replay, isn't it? It's constantly. Yeah. Uh, once it's finished, like immediately, just yeah. put it back to the start. I still do it now quite regularly. I must have heard it 500 times this year. God knows. Like, I just listen to it so much and I still absolutely love it. Um, but they put out quite a few things. So, like, Formidable, that only came out like a couple of weeks ago, didn't it? Their latest yeah. single, which has got like, a really cool video where they're like playing in the back of a transit van that's broken down videos. on the side of the road yeah um, they're just great we love them they've stolen our hearts a little bit haven't they they have <laughs> especially as I, I met one of them it was lovely you followed her to the toilet I believe I met her outside the <laughs> toilet um, no I, I seriously think that they these bands that excite me are ones that I know I'm going to get a lot from in the future yeah and interestingly I think they supported the Maccabees when we went to see yeah, them, but we, we didn't, didn't get there and see them. Yeah, didn't know them at that point. No, we November just. We, I, I believe saying 
I believe we were saying at the at the time, oh, I've heard they're all right. We should see them. Yeah. But we didn't know anything about them. Weatherspoons was just a bit too comfy at the time. Yes. <laughs> it was. It was nice. It was a bit of hot dog. So uh, yeah. Sorry, big man. But no, they're they're brilliant bands. They're exciting. There's going to be a lot coming from them. And they're like, the you know, it's a funny, um, it's a funny support slot for them to get purely because I think for both of us, when we saw them absolutely smash it at Glastonbury, we had that same kind of pride yeah. at our band doing well that we both get when we watch the Maccabees. Yeah, well, this it. is the thing. I'm going to need someone to fill that void over yeah. the next like 10 years. And... When the Maccabees split, I was thinking, I haven't got that band anymore, so I'm going to have to find the one. So these bands are lining up outside my door, yeah. <laughs> ready to be There's the new Maccabees. There's a slot open. <laughs> because band, like, big bands that I love, like Arctic Monkeys and Strokes and stuff, they're, they're there, they're still there, and they're just great and whatever. But that band that I grow up with, or that I've, I, yeah. I know from a certain age and I grow with them for 10 years, I haven't really got as much. Yeah. So, Big Moon, you got to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, they're my number one pick for this category. Okay. So, I'm going to divulge right now that my uh, shortlist had six artists on originally. That was going to cut down to three or four. And you've hit two of them already. Was it? Two of my six. and... Loyal and the Big Moon both made it onto my list. So, I'm going to honourable... Well, I'm going to mention the other four okay. um, in a particular order. The first one being Soy Motel, who we spoke about a bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, their first album came out this year. And I think... I remember uh, I was going through their Instagram once not that long ago and seeing their first post was from their first gig, which I've got a feeling was like October 2015. Like, they've emerged really, really quickly. Mm. Like, they are probably more newcomery than any of the newcomers we've named because everyone else has had some stuff going on before. Like we say, the Big Moon were touring with the Maccabees at the end of last year, so they had had some uh, impact already. Um, but I think they're really great. So I wanted to mention them. I wanted to mention Heinz again, purely because, again, it. I first heard Bamboo, you know, probably the best part of two years ago now, and kind of fell in love with that band straight away and a lot of the stuff that came out on their first album Leave Me Alone uh, I'd heard a long time before the album came out but they did drop their debut album this year it was massive they have pretty much non-stop been touring the world since and just um, making everyone love them everywhere they go they're just brilliant they're just a nice band to watch live aren't they they're very um nice up there just funny, so smiley and funny and happy to be there and just like mm. and brilliant brilliant musicians such catchy songs uh yeah just an amazing band a band i absolutely love uh and i'm already making plans to see them again in 2017 so um they needed a mention whitney also needed a mention we're on my list um yeah you know, we've done a whole episode from going to see them live in brighton they're, again, a bit like Lil Connor and The Big Moon, a band that uh, have a big tracks connection to me. I first learned about them on the podcast. Like I say, we went and saw them and did a podcast about it. They're brilliant. 
really unique, really unlike anything else that I think has come out this year. They're kind of um, standalone in the kind of thing that they're trying to do. It's not necessarily that no one else in the world has ever done that kind of stuff, but I don't think it's very in vogue right now. So I think it's kind of cool that they're going in their own direction, doing their own thing. They remind me of a band like Stornoway that kind of did that. Yeah. And uh, incidentally, uh, splitting up, split I saw. Up. Yeah, they're which doing a really sad tour um, soon. Shout out, Stornoway. You'll be sadly missed. I saw you a number of times, and for kind of crowd interaction and um, telling stories between songs, they are the one of the funniest, mm. nicest, and most interesting bands I've ever seen live. Um, this is completely wrong of me to do. But we once had a, an episode of bands we'll never be able to see, and I didn't say Dry the River, and you've just thought, you've just reminded me of Dry the River because you were saying how good they were at kind of talking in between. Yeah. Apparently, Dry the River used to like half a through the set just go and all sit on the floor in, in the <laughs> middle of the crowd and just play in there. Yeah. And I've always thought how annoyed I am that I'll never be able to see them. Yeah. But I love yeah. that kind of stuff. And like, Storm and I used to, they used to sort of. They would have like um, weird little kind of QI esque facts that they would tell the crowd between songs, and mm. and then they would just go into these brilliant, sort of driving, amazing acoustic music, and they they were fantastic. Yeah, um, I feel like um, I can see Whitney being the American version of that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, so they certainly deserve a mention, but inevitably, my winner of this category. Bonnevere. <laughs> <laughs> Newcomer, Bonnevere. Um, inevitably, my winner of this category is uh, New Zealand's very own Kane Strang. Um, okay. For me, dropped one of the absolute most brilliant albums of the year in Blue Cheese, um, which I, I listen to three or four times a week, every single week since I discovered it. Um, I discovered it. No one else had heard of it until I discovered it. Um, so what is it about this guy that really is doing it for you? Because I, he's he's been up there in my... I put him in a little playlist on Spotify and I thought, Tim loves this guy. I'll give him a, a go at some point. Because you you often do that with stuff I show you. I seem to never do that with anyone, <laughs> anyone that shows me. But um, I will do that for Kane Strangs. But what is it exactly? So I think... Um, first of all... I just find him a totally intriguing character. I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast about his yeah. sort of lyrical content and he kind of he's kind of uh unabashed himself. Just no kind of not trying to hold anything back. You know, he's got um songs about how he's you know, how he's bad at dating how he's like trying to find someone to love him on the internet how he's like um like a lot of it is like about girls which you know we all relate to i thought you might be talking about my album then when you said that. <laughs> um but like i think there's so few artists that i really kind of connect to what they're singing about yeah and like he's really young He's really open. He's really intriguing. Um, and like the album comes in, like I say, with a song called The Web, which I think we've played should, on here yeah, before. Played that one. Um, and it is, yeah, it's about um, 
how he's fallen in love with someone that he's found on a dating app that he's never actually met but he's just like seen the pictures and he like immediately loves her so much that he's like telling his friends that he's met this amazing woman and it's like in this day and age who hasn't been there but like yeah but also like who is um how many people are making songs like that that aren't cheesy or Mm. aren't generic you know you could really misstep with a song about tinder Mm. and it could be awful and it's just not and then it goes through you know, a song called Things Are Never Simple, which I adore. I mean, I, 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 there's no point in me going through which songs on this album I adore because I love every single last one of them uh, for their own reasons. You know, something like Never Kissed a Blonde is really funny and really cool. Like Never Kissed a Blonde, no. Yeah, it, is, it, it goes is like that. So it's like... Yeah, you played that one. Um, and it, what I really love about that one is that it feels like... Um, Sort of instrumentally, it feels like two completely different songs stuck together. Is he the "I'm Gonna Die Alone" guy? Yeah. So that was that's not actually on the album. Um, oh no, sorry. No, you're thinking of. Um, you're thinking of. No, it's not Tom or Tori. Where is it? No. Uh, it's. I'm gonna die alone. Really alone? No, it's not him. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, sorry, I thought you were thinking of the um, the one. The song from his first EP called uh, "My Smile Is Extinct," which I have played to you as well, where he um, the chorus is "Kill me now, I want to die." Uh, it's basically about him liking this girl and then finding out that she's getting with another guy, um, and the chorus is his reaction, which is. Kill me now, I want to die. And it just like comes completely out of the blue and yeah, sounds you me that one, yeah. really like uh, funny. <laughs> like it, you're just not expecting it at all from the like nice little strummed guitar guitar uh, verse. I just think he's brilliant. I can't say enough good things about him. And like every time I talk about him on this podcast, I get annoyed at myself because I can't you find can't the words to explain why I think he's so brilliant. But. All year, it's been such a frustration for me in that, like, you know, I I read a lot of uh, independent music blogs. I listen to, you know, Six Music and things like that, which is meant to play a lot of independent music. Mm. And this guy just hasn't got enough coverage. He hasn't got the coverage he deserves. Um, and that's just so frustrating. The only thing I saw was that um, Piccadilly Records in Manchester, which obviously I've really famous and renowned um, record store they put out a list of their best albums of 2016 and he came second on it and it was a well deserved second it's just it's just the best album it's Um, an album I'll be listening to in the same way that my dad has been listening to you know Smith's album since he was a teenager I'll be listening to Kane Strang's First album, Blue yeah. Cheese, until I'm 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. Brilliant. I love it. So, so it looks like we have our first standoff. Yeah, Big Moon or Kane Strang. This is difficult because I know that you you would go with mine, whereas I don't know Kane Strang enough, although it doesn't work like that. Um, I feel like here's, here's my... Mm, this is a good question. I feel like Big Moon are going to be in the rest of these episodes, but I also feel like you're going to have Kane Strang in there as well. There's no way he won't make it into my top five 
albums of the year? Well, on the merit of the Big Moon aren't going to be in my top five or your top five. Because I haven't had an album. Yeah. Damn it. Well, how do we do this? <laughs> well, um, I guess we do it in um, the way that I can... Say, for example, we're doing it out of ten. Yeah. I'm obviously going to say ten out of ten to Kane Strang. But I could very happily give an eight or a nine out of ten to The Big Moon. Well, let's, I don't um... think you could happily give an eight or a nine out of ten to Kane Strang. So I'd say on aggregate the big moon probably win I don't know I, I, I'm happy to I'm happy to bow to um, the consensus which I think there's more consensus on the big moon and these are the tracks awards we both love the big moon okay but just know that I will be fighting hard for Kane Strang an album of the year you will be and I will have the fact that he got overlooked for this award in my back pocket <laughs> oh Christ uh, okay well, um, shall we play their new track? Formidable. Yeah. It's a great track. I really love it. Wicked. Let's play Formidable. And congratulations to the Big Moon, who, if I'm not mistaken, that's a hat-trick of Tracks Awards that they've now won because they took at least two gongs home at the Great Escape. Yeah. Maybe even three there. Is it Tracks Gong, is it? I don't know. We need think. to start designing an no, award. Just gongs. Oh, we could have a little gong. Bong. <laughs> So you've got a circular logo. Yeah, right. You're a designer. You can, you can start making the fucking I'm not a bloody trophy. Blacksmith? How am I going to make a dong? A dong? A gong? <laughs> How am I going to make a dong? <laughs> oh, God. So the big moon of one. Formidable. They are formidable when it comes to track swords. They cannot stop winning. They're rampant. Right. Well done, guys. We love you. You do. I'm sorry, Kane. What could I do? Did she make you swallow all your pride? Does the love still shiver down your spine? the end of the first episode of the tracks awards next week i believe is going to be song slash single of the year yeah no I, I do want to know if it's going to be song or single well, let's discuss that right now i'm gonna say it should be song because yes if there's an album track that we both love i think it's unlikely that well i have album year. tracks that i want up there yeah so but i don't know about winner i think winner is gonna be a single that's my prediction Maybe, although I have Otherwise, some... it's a massive oversight from whoever the album that is. Well, I think some of the best songs aren't singles. Yeah. But I guess we'll leave that. <laughs> yeah. Well, On uh... that cliffhanger, <laughs> I'm going to just say uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we have been Tracks Show. This has been the Tracks Awards Part 1. I've been Tim. And I have probably been Harry. And as... 
our uh, commiserated runner-up on Newcomer of the Year, we're going to go out on some cane string. I'm insisting on it. I'm not, it's fine. Because I'm as the second slip by, I'm getting more annoyed that he didn't win. Um, this song is called Never Kissed a Blonde. Okay. And it's great. See you next week, listeners. For part two. Part two. Of four. Of four. Ta-ra. Laters. I'm a lonely boy, never kissed.